Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. I'm joined today by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Thanks, Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. So before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today? Okay, I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father and Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, you are such a loving, patient, merciful, generous God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a father that will never let us down, never disappoint us, never hurt us, never abandon us. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to become one of us, to show us how to live, to establish a church for us to be a part of so we're not in this alone, to show us how to suffer, that we will die, but if we stay with you, that we will rise again. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, please guide us in our conversation today as we break open your beautiful word. Help us to prepare our hearts for Sunday Mass in a way that they've never been prepared before. So when we hear your word and we're gathered with our brothers and sisters and when we receive you in the Eucharist, we are just drawn closer and closer to you. Thank you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, Father, the Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. The gospel is from John chapter 17, verse 1 to 11a. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son so that your Son may glorify you, just as you gave him authority over all people so that your Son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the one true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorify you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave me I have given to them, and they accepted them and fully understood that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you gave me, because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world, while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When you started reading, Tom, Jesus raised his eyes to heaven, and I don't want to lose sight of that. We always need to look up. That is the source of our strength. That is the source of the answers. So to call out, as Jesus did, as the Son to the Father, Father, 
help me with this. Father, what do you think of this? Father, I surrender my will to your will. I really, truly want to grow in that level of intimacy as Jesus had with the Father. He came to do the will of the Father. He spoke the words, not his own words, the words the Father gave him. You know, and he played and did all he did to an audience of one, the Father. So for me, understanding that I am first and foremost, my identity as a Catholic Christian is a son to the Father. And it's as St. Paul says in the letter to Galatians, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. You know what? I want that life of Christ to just exude in every part of my life so that when people meet me, they not only meet Christ, they meet the Father. When people ask my counsel, they not only hear Christ's voice, but that of the Holy Spirit. That's where Jesus in his prayer in John 17 is, that they may be one as we are, we are one, I and them and you and me. Man, that's, the, that's our journey as Christians, to be those signposts that point to the eternal reality of the eternal exchange of love. The Father to the Son is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So I want to keep my eyes focused, not in the world, not in the storms and the troubles and the stuff, but on heaven the end goal for each and every one of our lives as we choose Christ, who is the door, who is the way, who is the truth. Amen. And in the beginning, we always we always pray, we invo- invoke the Holy Spirit, and, um, and it's all about listening. And I just received this quote today from Pope Emeritus Benedict, and it's about listening. It's a, and he says, a main characteristic of the Holy Spirit is listening. He does not speak in his own name. He listens, and he teaches us how to listen. In other words, he does not add anything, but rather acts as a guide into the heart of the word, which becomes light in the act of listening. Right? So the Holy Spirit, so every time we open up the Bible, we should ask the Holy Spirit to just to, to come and, and help us to understand, increase our, our knowledge, our understanding uh, of, of what we're what we're about to read. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, David, when you were uh, talking about wanting to become Jesus, wanting to become more intimately involved with Jesus, and wanting to, as St. Paul said, you know, I, I, I live now, not I, but Christ lives in me. Uh, earlier in the week with this gospel, we I was reflecting with some people, and one of the guys got kind of on a soapbox and was talking about, you know, we have to fight against this problem in the culture and this other thing. He was bringing some things up. And uh, one of the guys challenged him and said, uh, yeah, but if you go out and fight like that, people are just going to ignore you. And then it hit me and I threw this out. I said, you know, Jesus never said that we were going to overcome the world. He said that he had already overcome the world. And then what the point that you made about us desiring to become more Christ-like and be Christ for other people is if I'm going to go out and preach about, you know, some of the evils in the world or help call people's attention to it, I have to go out as Christ. I can't go Mm -hmm. out as me. I have to have his heart. I have to have his insight. I have to have his words. And they have to be, and and it really pulled it together too, Rob, when you were talking about, you know, Jesus listened to the Father. So if we're going out and saying our own spiel and not being the heart of Christ and the person of Christ to other people, well, then we're destined to fail. And it's just, you know, their their word against our word. We're just fighting them with the same thing they're fighting us with. But if we take the word of God out with us, if we take the heart of Christ out, all of a sudden we're, we're sharing him. And in the same way that he said, 
I came from the Father, and I only share with you what I heard from the Father. Well, we're being Christ-like when we only share with others what he put in our heart. And so, that, and he told us that that the world is already overcome in him. So what we should we should be reflecting. We should be spending that time in front of the Blessed Sacrament and asking to be Christ. Asking, make me like you, so I can go out and do what you did, the way you represented the Father, that I can represent you. And then we're living out this passage here. You know, I and them, and you and me. So we're living out that passage. So it. Give me a whole new perspective on the time I spend in front of the Blessed Sacrament because now my prayer is very focused. It's just I just want to be like you. I just want to be you for other people. Now, if we were a, a music station, that would be a perfect segue into <laughs> one of uh, our friend Marty Rotella's songs, one of his new songs, I Want to Be Like You, Lord. Yeah. And it's just, it's exactly what you just said. I want to be yeah. like you, Lord. I want to be all that you wish for me to be. I want to be like you, Lord. And, and uh, it's a beautiful song, beautiful song. And what you were sharing about sharing the Word of God, the Word of God is called the Sword of Truth. But many people read that and say, oh, I could take that Sword of Truth and whack people over the head with it and whack their heads off. No, <laughs> right, no, no, right. no, no, no. Because you got to keep reading. The Sword of Truth is meant to pierce through bone and marrow to do what? To pierce the heart. To pierce the heart with the truth of God. Because God assures us that His Word, not my Word or my opinion or my ideas, will not come back void. So, Tom, that was key. I like to look at the Sword of Truth as a surgical instrument that in the hand of a Christian can go through bone and marrow and pierce the heart of the listener. And then it's God's seed of truth that's planted deep within the soil of the heart. That's the way I like to look at the sword of truth, the word of God. And I keep learning as the Lord keeps teaching me, when I share counsel, share the word of God. When I'm asked my opinion, refer back to scripture and do it in a beautiful way. The only way to do that, and, and that's the key, is to know God mm. is to know his word. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says ignorance of sacred scripture, the word of God, is ignorance of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the Word of God, the Word that became flesh, the Word made flesh. Well, guess what, gentlemen? That's our calling, to enflesh the Word of God. We need to know that Word, consume that Word, chew in that Word, digest that Word, so that when we speak, it's the Word of God that comes out. It's the sword of truth that pierces the heart, not my opinion versus your opinion, my perspective versus your perspective. Now, we share truth. We don't do the battle, then we let God do his work. Uh, this passage reminds me of um, relationship and a, a gift of yourself. And so we see, to me, the relationship between, you know, Jesus and his Father. And Jesus includes him. He says, he doesn't say, like, glorify me, Father, period, but glorify me with you. So he's including him in that relationship. And Everything of mine is yours, so that reminds me of how we need to be a gift to the other person. You know, like if you're married, the husband is a gift to his wife and vice versa. So this, I see how Jesus includes us all in this relationship with him and the Father and is teaching me at least to be a gift of, you know, my talents, my time or whatever, my treasure to others. You know, when he says, everything of mine is yours, that kind of reminds me of that. And we continue on with that sentence. Jesus shows us, I glorified you, speaking to the Father, on earth, by doing what? By, by works of love, 
by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. God the Father and the Word of God tells us he has prepared works for us to do in advance that we're called to do. There's no plan B. And those works are works of love, that self-donation, that self-giving, that giving all in oneself, which is what we're called to do as husband and wife. Those are the works of love that do what? Draw people to Christ. Draw people to the gift of eternal life with Jesus Christ as he came and gave that gift for all, for all, not a few, all. So we need to encourage everybody, receive the gift. And then guess what? Don't put it on a shelf. Open the gift and then do what with it? Live it in love. Live it in love. And it reminds me, David, when we talk about love and, and doing works of love, this past week at one of our school visits, we, we used four songs just to give them a kind of a, a rally cry before ending the school year and going into summer. And the first song was called Love in Action. And we said, love is a decision, right? You guys learned some great stuff here this year, but unless we put love into action, is it real? Is it real? So we, we, we sang the song with them, Love in Action, um, where if you talk the talk, you better walk the walk. The world needs love in action. That's part of the refrain. Uh, so we go in from there. And then, but we say, when you do something loving, you decide to love, a lot of times going into it, you don't really feel like doing it. But you do it anyway. You decide. You overcome your feelings and you decide to do it. But how do you feel on the way out? And they're like, oh, yeah, you should feel pretty good. It's like, yeah, that's Jesus' gift to you. That's God's gift to you where he fills your heart with joy. And then we have the song, Jump for Joy. And we get the kids jumping for joy. And, 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 it's, and it's an overflow. It's like God's gift to you of this joy isn't for you to just have it for a little bit and give it away. He wants you to be filled with joy. And the overflow goes into your family, into your friends, into everyone you meet. And you live a life of joy. And it attracts people. And when you do that, you, are a chil- you become children of light. Jesus is the light of the world. He needs you to be the light as well. And then there's the song, Children of Light. So we have them singing and jumping around with Children of Light. And then we said, all right, love in action, jumping for joy, Children of Light, whether it's your faith, whether it's your sports or your school, sometimes we look at the big picture and we get overwhelmed. God doesn't want us to get overwhelmed. He wants to take it step by step. And then we end with the song, Step by Step, about just not worrying about things and just taking life and faith and everything that God presents to us step by step. So... But it all starts with love and action. You know, if we don't put love in action, if we don't accomplish the works of, mm-hmm. of love in our life, then, you know, why are, we, why are we doing, why are we here? And those works of love that we're called to give are always supposed to be free, total, faithful, and fruitful, which is the eternal exchange of love with God. We shouldn't look for something in return. If God choose to give us that heavenly kiss of joy or that heavenly kiss of a thank you for doing that, that's beautiful. But when we search or we tell people, when we toot our own horns, imagine if I went and said to my wife, out of, out of love, I took the trash out and did it. And I said to my wife, hey, you know, I took the trash out for you this morning. Hey, you know, I, uh, I earned my paycheck this week for you. Would she feel love? I don't think so. But see, it's when we're silent and we're obedient, you know. That, that those works of love are seen in the hearts of others. And every once in a while, God sends us an attaboy, a heavenly kiss, just to let us know we're on the right path. But don't toot your own horn. Don't look for the accolades, because then guess what the scripture also says? Uh, if you do that, you've got your reward on earth. And, and you've, you've cashed out in heaven. <laughs> and, and that's the beautiful thing when, you know, Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing or right hand, left hand, whichever order it was, yeah. that when we do these, these acts of love and we put love into action, 
you know, especially when we don't tell anybody, our heart is even filled with more joy. Yes. You know, that's that's uh, that's that's just that's and how I, awesome I saw this, God is. Uh, this icon, it was explained to me over the weekend. It's in like an ancient icon of these three angels. I think they're sitting around a table, but they're all like sort of bowed. Their heads are bowed to each other. And it's, I guess, an image of the uh, Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But they're in deference to each other, like that humility. And that's how we need to be with, and it was explained to me, that's how we need to be in our relationships with others, like to, you know, put the other person first. So we, we see how God does that in his Trinity which is a mystery, but um, it's just a lesson for us to, you know, have that humility and deference to the other and not tooting your own horn and stuff like you said. Mm. And what really amazes me in reading this scripture is think about the fact that God the Father created each and every one of us, all seven billion human beings alive today on this earth, out of love, for love, uniquely to be made in the image and likeness of God to be gifts to his son, Jesus. Do you ever realize that you were created uniquely out of love for love? God desired you into existence. He didn't need you, but he desired you to be what? To be Christ in the world, to be a gift to others, just like his son was. And to think about the fact that God created me and each of us to be a unique never before, never after, a unique creation as a gift to Jesus Christ. We belong to him. We belong to him. Gift from the Father. When you contemplate on that, oh my goodness, humility, I'm humbled. Yeah, this is the beginning of, of Jesus's, I think they call it the high priestly prayer, right? The beginning of, of Jesus just pouring his heart out to the Father. This, you know, the last prayer before Entering into his passion, uh, part of this prayer is the prayer of unity, but it just shows the intimacy in that relationship between Jesus and the Father. And uh, as, a, as a human father, um, I just had a really cool experience this past week. I was out of the house early. I didn't get to see the kids, and I called before they went to school. And my one son, Robbie, answers the phone. He's like, Dad, I'm putting you on speaker. got to say hi to everybody all at once. You know, we're, we're about to leave. And I did, but I felt, I felt like I missed that one-on-one that I usually yeah. get, just talking to them each individually, give them a you know, word of encouragement, a blessing, whatever. Um, and I, I, I felt that. And Jesus, I guess the Father, knew that I had that ache. And within like 10 minutes of that kind of conference call style, good, good morning and goodbye, uh, wishing, wishing them a good day, my one son FaceTimes me. And I was in the middle of, of a gospel reflection. I saw that was a FaceTime for my 10-year-old son. So I left, answered it, and it's my son Thomas. And he's, hey, Dad, you know, our ride's late. I, I, I thought I'd give you a call. I was like, oh, man, Thomas, it's so good to see you. I said, sure, get everybody else in. So I got to see everybody's face, not, not just hear their voice, got to see their face. Right? Thomas didn't call or any of the kids didn't like show up to N.A. and say, do you love me now? Or didn't say, oh, I got you know, a home run last night. Do you love me now? It, it was just they thought of me. You know, Thomas thought of me, and he reached out and called, and it, and it lit my heart up. So we have the, the opportunity as sons and daughters of God the Father to light his heart up. Just when we say, God, I'm, I'm just going to hang out with you right now. I might not say much, but I want to be with you right now, wherever you are, in your car, in your office. You know, if you can get to a chapel in front of the Blessed Sacrament, Praise God. But wherever we are, if we just, our heart is desiring just to be with the Father, man, that'll light them up.
And it's amazing, Rob, how many times God uses our children or grandchildren to teach us these beautiful, pure lessons of love. A friend of ours is a pastor, and he was raised in a real strict uh, Protestant environment where he wasn't allowed to dance. That was against God. So that's how he was brought up. Well, God used his granddaughter to fix that because his, the granddaughter's father was out on business, and she called Grandpa and said, Grandpa, there's a daddy-daughter dance this weekend, and my daddy, he's out of town. Grandpa, will you take me to the daddy-daughter dance and dance with me? And this pastor wept. He said that was the most beautiful heavenly kiss from God the Father through my granddaughter to me. He said no amount of money could buy that moment. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not be too fast in life to miss the heavenly kisses, to acknowledge them, to give thanks to God the Father, because He delights in giving us these good gifts, these heavenly kisses to keep us on the road, to keep us on the journey. So I want to have my heart open, my eyes open, my ears open, because those precious moments, money can't buy them. And what you get back from them, the world can't give you. You know, you talk about heavenly kisses. The Earlier in the week with the Gospel Reflection Group, we were talking about this one line from the passage here that's a little puzzling. He says that, I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me. And we backed up a little bit and looked at the passage a little bit before and a little bit after. And this is really Jesus's prayer for the church. Later on, he talks about, I pray not only for them, but also those who will come to believe in me through them, which is us. So it's a, it's a prayer for us as people who believe in Jesus, who have you know, embraced Jesus, who are trying to grow in his love. So, and, and it's not so much as the notes, uh, somebody pulled the notes out from their, from their Bible and said, it's not so much that he's saying, don't pray for the world. It's just now he's not praying for the world. He's praying for his church here. He's, it's not what he's not doing. It's what he is doing. He's, he's, I just want to pray for the church. I just want to pray for those who have believed in me through these three years and who will continue to believe in me and will believe in me through them. And the other thing that really hit me as we were looking through that, and it's in our, it's in our Jesus prayer for unity, which is beautiful and hits me every time I read it is, is that they may be brought to perfection as one. We're not going to be brought to perfection as individuals, probably in this life. You know, maybe if we're if we're blessed and we reach a level of sanctity and the beatific vision or something, but we're brought to perfection as a church. We're brought to perfection as one, as a, in the relationship, as you point out, Tom. So, and that's that's how the Trinity is 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 perfect in, in relationship. You know. They're, they're not necessarily perfect as individuals, although they are because they're God, but we're brought to perfection like that in the same way. So it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to think of. And when you think about that perfection is perfection in love, which is that sacrificial love of the cross, it's even more profound. I mean, you can sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament for a week and just reflect on that. And it's beautiful because, you know, many people will say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, I believe in God. Okay, that's lip service. Yeah. Now... What do your actions say? You, you be silent. Let's look at your actions. Because Jesus, in one other verse, says, you know, remain in my love. Well, how do you do that? Be obedient to my commandments. And here it says, you have gained them to me, and they have kept your word. Obedience is not an option, and it's not a suggestion. It's really a purification, a purgation of the stuff of the world that can't go into heaven with us. So 
as we continue to grow and climb that mountain of holiness, we keep asking for the Lord's gift of his strength to purge from us our jealousy, our envy, our pride, our greed, our self-centeredness, our omission to not be vessels of love for others. So many things, and God's going to keep drawing us to himself. And the closer we get, ha <laughs> to that light, the more we realize, whoo, I still got a long way to go. But it's beautiful because we're on the path. And we need to help others along the way, help them to see, help them to stay on the path. Because again, have kept your word, you know, remain in my love, obey my commandments is not a suggestion. It's not just that, well, if you want to, no. It, it's a command. It's a command. And that obedience is probably for some of us um, who have our own way of thinking about things, is probably one of the highest expressions of love for God. Because I'm willing to give up my own, you know, idea of what contraception ought to be or what something else ought to be and my own idea about your teachings of the church. But I'm willing to give that up for you. I'm willing to give that up and have faith that that what you're teaching is, is true. Is the right. truth. And the church, Holy Mother Church, isn't a church of rules, regulations, do's and don'ts. No, 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 no. We they give us the guidelines. Holy Mother Church gives us the guidelines, the guardrails to stay in that channel of God's love. She doesn't want us outside of that channel when we become prey to the enemy. So those commandments are really our responses when we are obedient to that invitation to the pure unconditional, eternal exchange of love, which is heaven for each and every one of us. So, you know what? I want to stay on the path. Let me know where I'm off. Holy Spirit, search my heart. Keep me clean because, baby, I, I don't want to mess up. Nope. And, and we get back to the word, the, to the gift of joy at the end of of that whole discourse on commandments. And, and John says, you know, is the why, so that my joy may be in them and their joy may be complete. Yeah. Right. Don't follow it just to be oppressed and live, you know, a right. boring life. No. So my joy will be in you, and your joy will be complete. And Jesus says, you know, He gave His life for us so that we may have life and have it in abundance. Well, that means the spiritual life. That means the relationship, the intimacy as sons of the Father, the intimacies as Jesus not only as our brother, but He calls us His friend, and the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, that we can actually have God, the Trinitarian God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, living and dwelling in our hearts, that we can go into the inner chambers of our hearts and commune, have a common human with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, learn and go deeper. Our faith is not one of just a personal relationship. It's an ever-deepening intimacy. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.